Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hello, Crossbridge. Oh, wow. Amazing. You are looking great. What a blessing. Welcome to those in Ottawa, those in Peru, those online, those traveling. Just what a blessing. I, I have been and am so honored, and, and it is just such a pleasure to be a small part of all that God is doing here at Crossbridge. You, uh, this is an amazing, amazing, this incredible church, and it has touched my heart very, very deeply. So as Sherry said, my name is John. I'm a part of the uh, interim uh, preaching team here at Crossbridge and uh, excited for another opportunity that the Lord has given us this weekend. In 1859 in Paris, France, Jules Leotard performed the first flying trapeze act on record. He was known as the daring young man who flies through the air with the greatest of ease. He performed without a safety net using mattresses that were laid on the ground beneath him. Crowds flocked to see his act as he became the hit of the circus. This weekend, we are continuing on our series of hardcore values, and we are going to talk about embracing change. The daring young man on the flying trapeze is, in my mind, the best visual illustration for change. Think about it with me for just a second. We start, we've got a firm, confident grip on that fly bar. And so things are are sure, they're certain, they're known. And what happens? We then say goodbye. And we let go of something that was certain, known, and comfortable, and we enter that wonderful, terrifying season of the unknown. It might be minutes, it might be months, or perhaps even years. And then, and then we say hello, and we grab on to a new reality, a new fly bar, and we have one of two choices, right? We can either grumble and complain about the change and the new reality, the new situation, or we can receive it and we can accept it and we can grow forward together. Benjamin Franklin said, quote, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. He left out the third thing. The third thing that you can be certain of is change. You can be certain. You can be certain of change. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Change is a constant. If you think about it, it has been a constant in life from the very moment that we were conceived. We're all comfortable in our mother's womb and around eight, around eight, around nine months, what happens? We get like kicked out and we're like, hey, hey, what did I do? (laughs) I don't deserve this. And as a baby, we are used to eating during the night. And what happens? One night, our mom or our dad say, nope, we're not feeding you during the night anymore. In our case, 
That reality was a lot shorter for our second child than it was our first child. We learned our lesson. <laughs> nope, no more eating during the night. Cry as long as you need to. You need to stay asleep until it's morning. And then our parents tie our shoes for us, and then one day they're like, nope, not doing that anymore. You got to figure it out so that you can go to school. I can't tie your shoes at school. So I still remember the, the night that uh, my mom sat me down. Uh, it was, uh, as I remember, I was heading into kindergarten, and uh, yeah, I just remember my sister, I don't know, someone took her on an errand, and all night long, my mom worked on, you know, what is it, the tree, and the squirrel goes around the tree, and then you pull it out, and like, that's how, John, you need to tie your shoes. <laughs> and then we enjoy playing all day long, and then what happens? Someone's like, nope, got to go to school. I don't want to go to school. <laughs> on and on it goes, right? Our daughter, Brooke, is 13 years old. She will be coming with me in a couple of weekends and super excited for her to experience the Crossbridge family. She's an amazing girl. She asks me to turn on the water for her shower. And my wife, Terry, looks at me every time like, dude, are you serious? You're still doing that for her? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I will do that as long as she asks me to. It's one of the simplest ways that I can tell her I love you. You are a priority to me. And if some guy ever asks me if he can marry her, I'm going to tell him. If she ever asks you, you always need to turn on her shower water. And when you do, remind her that her dad loves her. And I don't want to know anything else after you turn on her shower water. <laughs> I was actually telling uh, my daughter Brooke that I was going to share that story, and uh, neither of us had thought about it. I don't know, about sometime uh, four, five, six months ago, she stopped asking me, and now she's like, oh yeah, I need to be asking you to do that. Like, I don't know, we just got out of the habit. But think about it, friends. Throughout life, we experience change. Sometimes we can see it coming, like our, our daughter graduating from high school or heading out on her own, or we see her getting married and we know it's coming. Sometimes we see that change coming, and sometimes it is a complete surprise. There are major changes in life, and there are minor ones. What I kind of want to drill into uh, this weekend here at Crossbridge, it's not so much the small changes. Uh, I want to talk specifically about the seasons of change that you and I are going to have in our life. Uh, we can talk, uh, all the principles will apply for small changes, but I specifically want to talk about we all are going to experience seasons. Might be a week or two, might be a few months, but we're all going to have these seasons of change, and I want to talk through that. Saturday night, February 16th, 2019, I was in my hotel room at the Hampton Inn in Port Ritchie, Florida. I was so excited. The next morning, I was driving south to Tampa, Florida. I found a church online near the airport that I was going to attend 
And after church, I was heading to the airport to pick up my family for a week of vacation at Indian Shores Beach, Florida. I had taken a a break from full-time pastoral ministry and uh, I had gone down to Florida for a few extra days before my family came and after our vacation there, I was gonna stay a few extra days and go to some baseball games and I I just, I wanted some sun and uh, I just wanted to go from North Dakota to Florida. Saturday. I'm reading the sports news on my computer and up pops a story on CC Sabathia, baseball pitcher for the New York Yankees. After 18 seasons in the major leagues, the 38-year-old CC confirmed that he was wrapping up a highly successful playing career and that 2019 was gonna be his last season as a professional baseball player. Along with the article, I also clicked on a video clip that accompanied the article. And on the video clip, they showed Cece speaking to a room full of current and former teammates. And they were seated, he and his wife were seated behind a table as he looked out at the crowd. His wife was there, his kids were there, his words were very kind and grateful, Obviously, after that long of a career and as successful as he was, he was very emotional as he shared the news, very touching and very interesting, but nothing unusual. But then all of a sudden, this dialogue took place. A reporter asked him, well, why now? Why now? Oh, with a laugh, Sabathia said, it's time. It's my knee. It's just the shape that it's in. My kids are getting older. It's time for me to be with them more. My oldest son could not be here today because he's playing high school sports. There's a lot of stuff that I'm missing. He went on to say that he was looking forward to driving the family minivan and shuttling the kids to activities, offering a helping hand to his wife. And then, something very unusual, His wife spoke at that press conference. These were her exact words. I have gone back and listened to the video. This is exactly what she said. I have been cheering for CeCe for 22 years, starting back in the minor leagues, Kingston and Akron, all of that stuff. So I am excited for him to cheer for us. And then she explained that she runs half marathons and races. And she says, I am so excited for him to cheer. He can be at the finish line for me. He can now go to Carter's basketball games all of the time and not miss any of the girls' dance recitals. He can just cheer us on for a little bit. I froze. That phrase... We have been cheering for him for 22 years, so I am excited for him to cheer for us. Kept running over and over and over through my mind. I stared at my computer, I stared at the wall, I stared at my computer, I was frozen in a fog. 
And I sensed the Lord saying, John, that was for you. That's what your wife and your kids would say to you. They have cheered so hard for you. Now is your time to focus on cheering for them. Tears welled up in my eyes. Oh, I'd been thinking about it, I'd been praying about the future, but in that moment, without any doubt, I knew. I knew that it was time to start the process of letting go of this fly bar that I had grown so comfortable at. It was time to let go and to say goodbye to the role God had led me to 22 years previously when we started a church in Fargo, North Dakota, North Dakota called Prairie Heights. Friends, I am the guy that would work at the same place, pack the same exact lunch, drive the same exact route, sit in the same seat every weekend at church, live in the same house with all of the same furnishings for 40 years, and be super comfortable and happy and content. By nature, by personality, I don't do change. But about 10 years ago, one of our family's core values is exactly one of the Crossbridge Community Church's core values. One of our family's core values that we realized God was calling us to was to embrace change. And so in the last two years, we have been in two years of significant change. In the last 18 months, during the middle of a pandemic, we have moved five times. <laughs> it's crazy. We sold our house in West Fargo. We moved into an apartment. We then were hoping our house in Kansas City was ready, but because of COVID, it wasn't ready, so we lived in a hotel for four weeks. And then we moved into a brand new house in Kansas City, planning on spending a long period of time there. And the Lord called us and my wife to a job in Indiana, so we sold that house. And we have been living in an apartment since the 1st of April. And on this Tuesday, we have move number five. <laughs> we have another house that we will close on this week and we will move into. What I have learned what I've learned is that seasons of change will always change us. Seasons of change will always change us. And it's not gonna be a neutral. They're either gonna change you for the better or quite frankly, they're gonna change you for the worse. How we navigate seasons of change become pivot points to the story of our life. They can leave scars, they can hinder progress for years, they can be a trap in themselves, but they also give us a significant opportunity to experience personal and spiritual growth. So I wanna dive into an Old Testament passage of a significant change and transition. When King David transitioned leadership to his son, the new king, King Solomon, First Kings, Chapter two, we're gonna look at the first five verses. Through Abraham and the children of God, 
And, and through Abraham and his faith, God chose Israel as his children to bring salvation to the world. And the first king of Israel was King Saul. Saul was not a good leader. He was tall, great looking, toned physique, but inside. Man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at our heart. Saul was very, very insecure, which led to disobedience and jealousy and all sorts of bad decisions on his part. After a particularly rebellious and cowardly sin, God rejects Saul as king and he tells the prophet Samuel to go to Jesse of Bethlehem that one of his sons, one of Jesse's sons, was to be the next king. And so Jesse brings his sons by Samuel one at a time and every time the sons come in, Samuel's like, nope, that's not the one. Bring the next one in. Brings in the next one, brings in the next one. Eventually Samuel says, are these all the sons that you have? And Jesse says, well, you know, there, there's one more son. He, he's the youngest one, and he actually hangs out with the sheep. <laughs> and Samuel says, well, send for him. David, the least likely to be chosen. But when he comes before Samuel, the Lord said, this is the one. He will be the king after Saul. Oh, if you're familiar with the life of David, he had quite the life before being king including killing a giant named Goliath. He ran from King Saul, who tried to kill him because Saul was jealous. He had quite a life after being king, including having an affair with one of his top soldiers' uh, wife, wives. While that soldier was out fighting, he then had that soldier killed in order to cover up the pregnancy of this, neck, of this soldier's wife named Bathsheba. The baby that she conceives dies. David had lots of issues among his family and children, but he, he admitted his sin. He asked God and the people for forgiveness, and David had a heart that was passionate for God. And towards the end of David's life, his sons are arguing and they're fighting in order to be king, and Bathsheba reminds David that he promised that Solomon, even though he isn't David's oldest son, she reminds David that her oldest son with David, Solomon, that David had promised that Solomon would be king. David says, yeah, absolutely, you're right. Solomon will be king. And he goes ahead and makes him king right then. So Solomon actually became king before David died, so they had this season of overlap. Very unusual, very interesting. It was not in any way commonly done. Kings would hang on, they would hang on to their position. They would hang on as long as they could because they often so much enjoyed the power and everything that came with it. And here David actually shares the kingdom with his son Solomon in order to have a healthy season of change. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. He gave a charge. It wasn't a suggestion or a wish, but a charge. Friends, listen. During seasons of change, keep your ears and your eyes open. You will, I believe. At some point, you will receive a charge from the Lord, 
from a wise mentor, from a pastor. God is gonna give you a charge. (laughs) God said, John, serve your family well. Be a great husband, be a great dad. Um, That's what I've been trying to do these last two years. I don't need, I don't need to be doing what I'm doing this weekend at Crossbridge. I don't need to be in front of thousands of people. I I don't need to be leading an organization. God said, John, on this season, serve your wife, serve your son and your daughter-in-law, serve your daughter well, serve your family well. And friends, I do believe during seasons of, of change, God's gonna give you a charge. It's something you maybe read, a song that comes into your mind, but there's, there's something that God is going is, is gonna to give you. And it may not be what you want. And you're going to have to decide, are you going to receive it as a, as a charge from the Lord? <laughs> or you say, no, 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 that's not what I want. I want this, I want that. David says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. <laughs> Friends, King David realized that change and transition, it's inevitable. Think about it. Every organization, every relationship, every situation sooner or later will experience change and transition. Every pastor is an interim pastor. I'm not saying that makes it easier. I'm just saying it's a fact. Every job, whatever your job is right now, it's it's temporary. It's not forever. It forces us, when we realize that relation, everything is temporary, when we realize that, it forces us to learn how to navigate through change. We cannot just wish change away. We must embrace it. If you fight it, it ends up fighting you. It ends up breaking you. If you embrace change, you have an opportunity to grow. God wants to teach you something. God wants to teach us something. We shouldn't, just, we shouldn't just survive change. We can actually thrive. But if you don't embrace it, it'll break you. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, David said, so be strong, act like a man. <laughs> I, I don't know, it probably sounds harsher. What David was saying is it's time to mature. It's time to mature. It's time to take a step forward in life. You aren't who you once were. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and his commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, And if they walk faithfully before me with all of their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. Every change, friends, includes emotional obstacles. There's fear, there's insecurity, sometimes there's grief. Oh, there's excitement, anticipation, lots of mixed emotions. But for a lot of us, we don't know how to handle those emotions. We don't know what to do with them. And sometimes we even think, well, what's wrong with me? It's called you're human. When you go into seasons of change, you're gonna have emotions, man. I'll just tell you personally, 
even this last week, there's sometimes I'm like, yes, this is great. And there's some moments I'm just scared to death. Like, what did I do? What am I doing? This feels uncomfortable. We may be tempted to glamorize the joy of the past and underestimate the potential for the future. We may be tempted to make bad decisions based on our emotions. We may try and control the situation in order to limit our pain, our discomfort, our vulnerability. During times of of insecurity and grief or fear, we may be tempted to turn away from God, turn to things that are more tangible maybe, money, sex, shopping, eating, some habit that's more tangible, even if it's not healthy. Did Did you hear what David said to Solomon? Don't forget who you are. And don't forget whose you are. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget all that God has taught you how he's created you and gifted you. (laughs) All my life, God has been faithful. One of the key verses that God has given us during this time, it's found in Genesis. God has been with us everywhere we've gone. My wife and I look at each other and we say that verse to each other. I can't even tell you how many times in the last two years we have looked at each other and said, God has been with us everywhere we've gone. Friends, don't forget who you are and whose you are. Don't forget what really matters. Do you know what really matters is obedience. Obedience is what really matters. Don't forget what God has commanded. Don't forget that we must have a hunger for God's word. And if we feed ourselves on other things, man, we're gonna be hungry still. It's never gonna satisfy. God's word is the bread of life. It is the heart of what he wants us to focus on during seasons of change. Don't forget who you are and whose you are. Don't forget what really matters. Don't forget what God has commanded. And don't forget what God has promised. God will build your family. God will build your life. The Bible is full of promises. He is a promise keeper. He is making a way for you. David reminds Solomon that the greatest preparation for life, leadership, and change is to know and to honor God's commands. Crossbridge, (laughs) we're in a big season of change. I'm sure there are lots of mixed emotions. Of of course there are. But from my perspective, I want to encourage you. I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be a small part of of Crossbridge Community Church, from my perspective, your church board, your, your staff, and, and everyone, everyone that I talk to when I'm out in front of the facility as, as you come into service and, and throughout my time, everyone is handling this season of change here at the church with courage, with faith, with anticipation for what God will do. And I say congratulations, way to go. God's teaching us something. He's teaching you something. Keep your ears open. Keep your eyes. Be ready to hear from the Lord. Keep your eyes open for what the Lord may want to do. So, how are the current changes in your life changing you? How are the current changes in your life changing you? Are you growing closer to the Lord? Or are you drifting away? Are you trying to control? 
trying to limit your risk? Are you learning to trust? As David said, are you acting like an adult? Am I acting like an adult during our seasons of change? You see, friends, when we embrace change, we set ourselves, we set the organizations that we're a part of for growth, personal growth, spiritual growth, individually, and together as a church family. Let's say a word of prayer together, could we? Oh, God. You created, you created me as a person that doesn't do change. <laughs> And yet here I am, learning to embrace change. And I'm grateful, I'm thankful. And so God, all throughout Crossbridge, we have many situations. I don't know every story, of course I don't. But God, would, uh, would you help all of us to have open hearts to receive the charge that you have for us during this season, personally and as a church family? I know there are things you're wanting to remind us of. There are things you're wanting to teach us that we probably haven't learned yet. There are some brand new ideas that you're gonna give us. So Jesus, would you help us to embrace change? When these seasons of change come, they're pivot points, Lord. And would you journey with us, remind us of your faithfulness, give us hope for the future, remind us that you are the light of the world. Your word is the bread of life. It gives us strength. So God, I thank you. This amazing, amazing church family here at Crossbridge. I pray your richest blessing on each and every one. And God, if there's anyone that isn't walking with you, God, would they simply ask for forgiveness? Would they commit to following your leadership? Would they believe that you love them and you created them? And would they turn towards you? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.